Hi there, and welcome to There's Been a Murder by Ashley and Gareth, where we discuss true crimes that have occurred in our home countries, mine being Ireland and Ashley's being Scotland. And as a warning, there is depictions of violence discussed throughout this episode, so listener discretion is advised. So Gareth, who are we talking about today? So today we are going to be discussing the murder of Adrian Donoghue. Donoghue. Who was a, a, a policeman in, in Ireland. In Southern or Northern? In Southern, so Southern. he was part of the Garda. Yeah, I always forget this, that Southern has the Garda, but Northern mm-hmm. has, doesn't... As the police service of Northern Ireland, PSNI for short. Okay. What does um what does Garda mean? Is it like... Is it... I think it's Guard. Ah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is it like, uh, is it Irish? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, um, the full name is Garda Shiona. And I can't remember what the Shiona um, means. It so makes me like think a, of Harry Potter. <laughs> you know that Lagardi, what is it, Lagardiosum? <laughs> what is it? I don't know. You know, I'm not a Harry Potter. <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Lega- what? <laughs> Wingardium Leviosa. Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. That's what Garda makes me think of. And it's Leviosa, Le- not not Leviosa. Oh my God, look at you being a, a pro here. <laughs> so we call back. So yes, this is the murder of an Irish policeman, Adrian Donoghue. The is, Irish name. Mm-hmm, that ended up being one of the biggest uh, police investigations in, in the history of of Ireland. Wow. Of Ireland, like in general, is Ireland or Southern or Northern? The Republic of Ireland, we'll say. Southern. Yeah. Okay. So, Adrian was was born on the 14th of January, 1972, in Kilnalek, County Cavan, which is on the border of Northern Ireland. Ah, right. Okay. To parents Peggy and Hugh Donoghue. He grew up on the family farm with his three brothers, Alan, Colm and Martin, and two sisters, Anne and Mary. Yes? Sorry. Um, would you describe him, him as a culture then? Yes, he's a culture. Okay. He's a farmer. And a culture for reference is? People who tend to live out in the countryside and the, their counterpart are townies mm-hmm. who live in the cities and towns. Townies and cultures. Yes. So, so Adrian was a culture. I, I would assume so. I was getting vibes of that when you were saying lives on a farm and he's got a big family. And yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Typical Irish sort of upbringing. Okay. He was a keen Gaelic footballer and at six foot four inches, he played midfield for his l- local club before going on to represent Cavan GAA at under 21 level. Now in Ireland, mm-hmm. representing your, your county... In Gaelic is massive and hurling. Is it called ga- um, Gaelic, Gaelic football? Gaelic or... football, yes. So it doesn't have like a like a different name. No, 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 no. no. It's Gaelic f- f- football, and they would call what we know football as soccer. So is Gaelic football like? Is it similar to football or soccer? It's like a cross between football and rugby. You can use your hands. Ah. Uh, like, I think it's every like. Th- three strides maybe no i've never actually played it so, so, so but like every three strides you either have to bounce the ball or um kick it uh, and back up into, into your hands and in southern would you say is gaelic football much more popular than normal football oh or? yes yes like huge. like 
So the fact that Adrian was doing this was like mm-hmm. amazing. If you if you play for your county, uh-huh. you're a celebrity. So I'm kind of getting the impression because you said he's six foot four. Mm-hmm. So he's a big guy. Big guy. Like quite a big strapping guy. Like, oh, like especially yeah, yeah. if he's playing something that's similar to like rugby. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. And um sorry, how old was do we know how old he was when he started doing the Gaelic football? So he 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 played up until under uh, that twenty one level. Right, okay. Okay. Um and and I'm guessing if he'd made it past the under twenty ones that would be professional. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then in nineteen ninety four, at the age of twenty two, mm-hmm. he joined the Garda where two of his brothers had also joined and where he met his future wife Caroline. Oh wow, so it's all in, in the police force then, mm-hmm. isn't it? His brothers, he's now met his wife. My goodness, yeah. she can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Caroline was from County Clare and also had family members serving within the Garda. So it's quite institutionalised, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's almost like a, a military family. Yeah. With a very much... But I think sometimes as well, um, it's a bit like being on like the forces. Like mm-hmm. it's a different... Com- like not a different community, but it's just a different lifestyle, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Well, like uh, they, they are their own community. Yeah. So I think it's quite hard. Like his wife would have understood like the demands mm-hmm. of the job because she was also yeah. in it. Whereas civilians don't always understand mm-hmm. the the job, the danger that's associated with it. Yeah. You know because that's not their norm. Mm-hmm. Um. What are you called if you're a guard? Like if you're in the Garda. Um. Because you know you're like a police officer here. Are you a Garda officer. Well, well. So um, he rises. To the rank of detective, and throughout this, he's referred to as Detective Garda. Ah, right, so, okay, okay. The uh, couple had two young children, a boy and a girl, aged six and seven at the time of Adrian's death. Donahue was described as a father figure in his community and played and coached his local GAA club, St. Patrick's. Gaelic football on the Cooley on the Cooley Peninsula he served his entire 19 year career in Dundalk and as I said he rose to the rank of detective detective okay so he seems like quite a well loved Mm -hmm. guy he's got a nice family and the police yep and then you said he's um, the, the coach for plays and coaches the St. Patrick's, was it? Yeah, yeah, St. Patrick's. And that's Gaelic football? Yes. Okay. And so, do they, sorry, do they still live in the county that they were, that he's so from? So they're in Dundalk. So I've given you, you the background to Adrian and mm-hmm. how such a, a lovely fellow he is. Yeah, like the sounds of Adrian. Mm-hmm. We'll now move on to his unfortunate murder. No, I don't like this part. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> no. podcast and I'm like, I don't want to hear this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Garda Adrian Donahue and his colleague Detective Garda Joe Ryan were on a routine two-person cash escort on the evening of Friday the 25th of January 2013. Ryan was driving an unmarked police car. Both detectives were wearing civilian clothing and carrying concealed police police-issue sidearms. The pair were en route to meet local credit union officials at o- Omeath in Cooley 
and the Lordship Credit Union in Berlurgen, who would then travel in a three-car convoy to a bank in Dundalk town to lodge takings in a night safe. This was regular practice and the protocol had been recently upgraded from an unarmed uniformed guard escort to an armed plain clothes detective escort following uh, a robbery that had happened in the, at the credit union 18 months prior when 62,000 euros in cash and checks was taken. Oh, wow. So the reason why it went from a uniformed to a non yeah, I was wondering that. Is because the majority of um police officers in the guarded don't don't carry uh firearms. Okay. So there's I think about a quarter do. Mm-hmm. So it's some units and but detectives would. Right. Okay. And I don't think detectives are required to wear uniforms, so that's why they were being ah, clothed then. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, it was basically to upgrade the security of it. I suppose as well them being in their own clothes and having you said the um the weapons were like camouflaged. Well, they were like hidden. Yeah. So were, yeah. yeah. So they would just look like civilians, wouldn't mm-hmm. they? Like so more of a disguise than anything. Mm-hmm. At nine thirty PM, Donahue and Ryan entered the car park of the Lordship Credit Union premises and they parked uh, as did another car that was accompanying them from another credit union branch. They both parked beside the car belonging to the officials from the Lordship. At this point, a navy blue coloured Volkswagen Passat that had been waiting stationary on the hard shoulder of the road drove across the road and blocked the entrance. Four members of the gang were 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 hiding behind a wall surrounding the car park, all wearing balaclavas, while a fifth was driving the car. Two gang members approached the detective's car from the rear, and as Donahue opened his door and stepped out to investigate why the car had blocked the entrance, he was instantly shot at close range in the back of the head with a long barreled shotgun by a masked man. Oh my goodness. A single shot was fired. It was dark and before Ryan could realise what was happening, he was held at gunpoint and ordered out of his car and onto the ground by a number of gang members possessing a shotgun, a handgun and a hammer. Neither officer had time to draw their weapons. The raiders then broke into the car belonging to the credit union staff from Lordship, which was carrying cash and checks to the value of about 40,000 euros but they only took a bag with 4,000 euros mistakenly leaving behind more than 30,000 euros. (laughs) Ryan and the credit union staff were left physically uninjured as the gang of five fled the scene but Ryan had his car keys taken in in an attempt to hinder his reaction. It was only after the perpetrators had escaped that the alarm could be raised. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, just a quick recap. So, Donahoe yeah. and Ryan, yes. they've pulled up. Yeah. Behind them in another car is staff from the Lordship Credit so, Union. No, they pulled into the Lordship. 
following them was staff from another credit union. So essentially they had met those staff first. Right. They followed them to the Lordship Credit Union, Mm -hmm. who was then going to follow them as well to a bank in Dundalk so they could lodge... All um, their money. All their money, yes. Right, okay, so it was like a wee, a wee sort of trail then. A, a convoy. Yep. So they get to the Lordship Credit yeah. Union mm-hmm. and then Donahoe gets out. Then a car pulls up and, yes. and blocks the, the, the entrance. Donahoe clocks this and he he's getting out to investigate what's happening. But it was only one person in the car. There was four other people yes. out of the car already. Yeah, yes, they, they basically had them surrounded. And one of them shot him yeah. in the back of the head. So he yes. was instantly dead. Gone. And it was one shot. One shot. That, that was all it and was. And then, obviously, then Ryan mm-hmm. gets threatened with the gun. He's yeah. not injured, no. though. The credit union staff aren't injured. No. But they steal a bag of, like, £4,000. Euros. Yeah. But they could have had a lot more. Yes. Okay. So... Obviously, you'll get into like maybe how they knew mm-hmm. that they were there, bloody blah, blah. But it just seems so strange that they didn't injure Ryan or the other yeah. credit union staff, but John Hall got shot yes. instantly. And you would think, like, if he was, you know, that way, if they wanted to disarm him, like, mm-hmm. or, or frighten him, like, you know, shoot him in the leg or something, like a not, um, what do they call it? You know, like a non, like, life threatening injury. A non lethal. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> when you said, like, shooting him in in the leg I was like a kneecapping I was actually going to say kneecapping <laughs> and I was like no we're not in the order today <laughs> uh, so um, it just seems so contrasting like yes now I've explained this to you all already before the podcast but mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it up here that when I initially started to look into this I read that it was a case of um the word's completely gone. Mistaken identity. Mistaken identity, yes. yes. <laughs> I was I was going to say mismatched. <laughs> Mistaken so identity. Tender. That Donahue was murdered because he looked like someone who had a contract killing out on him. Okay. However, but it, I don't know if it is spoilers because it doesn't come up. Uh-huh. Um, but he, when researching it further, it never came up again. So, excuse me, yawning. So, it wasn't mistaken identity. It could have been, but I didn't. I didn't have enough sources that I felt See. comfortable saying it definitely is. It, yeah, because it just seems like I understand if they wanted to disarm him, but they went lethal straight mm-hmm. away. There was yes. no other alternative yeah. going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm just I'm a bit surprised, you know, and who am I to judge type thing. Mm-hmm. But why I understand why you got out the car, but surely that isn't protocol. No idea. It obviously I get it. Mm-hmm. Instinct, like you would want to know, and he probably mm-hmm. didn't think it was a threat or anything. Yeah. Especially I know it sounds really deaf because you said it's a Vauxhall Piscat. Did you say pecan? What is it? A Volkswagen Passat. A Passat. That's it. Um. I mean, that's a kind of like soccer mum car, is it not? Um. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a longer car. Uh, it so doesn't you know, you know, like. It's not a big car. No, like, but it just you know, doesn't give me saloon. vibes of like being like a robbery car. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, sorry. What I'm trying to say though is he probably didn't think it was gonna be anything sinister. 
obviously it was. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like protocol would, especially because it just been upgraded, that it would be, you know, you mm-hmm. can't leave that car. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we'll carry on. Okie doke. The emergency services pronounced Donahue dead shortly after their arrival, despite the, f- the frantic e- efforts of his colleague Ryan to save his life. Garda headquarters scrambled all available units in an attempt to catch the fleeing suspects and had alerted the police service of Northern Ireland, the PSNI. Mm-hmm. However, it was understood the gang had escaped to Northern Ireland before the border was secured by, by police on, on both sides. So, out of curiosity, because obviously you, you Ireland's in a kind of unique position where you mm-hmm. have Northern and Southern, mm-hmm. and they're completely different. So, do the Garda and the Northern Irish police... Mm-hmm. PSNI. PSNI. Do they team up quite a lot? Like, do they, do they collaborate quite a lot? So, it, it's... It, it, it's essentially an international collaboration. I would say yes, the, the way, but obviously I don't know the ins and outs of how both work. I wonder if it's on like um, Good Jest. Goodwill? Yeah, like, mm. is it a case of like, you know, to keep relationships? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But also, and you probably don't know how that mm-hmm. is, but you know how like in America, mm-hmm. for like, um, if a criminal goes over state lines, the jurisdiction changes. Yes. Um. So I wonder, like, if the gang had gone over to I- in Northern Ireland, who's got jurisdiction then? Well. Oh, do you know that? Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, Here's me doubting you. <laughs> so, it takes about ten minutes to get from the Lordship Credit Union to cross the border into oh, wow. Northern Ireland. Okay. However, the Garda and the PSNI are not allowed. To cross. Oh so, really? So it is a case of as soon as they get to the the guard get to the border, they can't go any further. They have to get permission. From the PSNI. PSNI yes. So a guard helicopter briefly entered the airspace mm-hmm. uh, with permission. Right. There is, uh, and then a PSNI uh, helicopter took over the search. Right. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It seems so mad because you're joined together. I suppose it's a bit like England and Wales and things, but because, you know, we're not going to get yeah. into the politics here, but obviously it's very different over in mm-hmm. Ireland, isn't it? So it just seems crazy, though, like, even the airspace is then, like, cut off. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because, like, we have the, you know, like it, the UK and Ireland are part of the common uh, travel a- a area. Which basically means like we can all travel mm-hmm. in and out of it freely, so as we we don't need visas. Yes. But but it is interesting that the police can't cross the border. Yeah, you would uh, think that they would have like a sort of, um, oh god, what's the word? Agreement. Like, yeah, but like you know how like a tr- is it a treaty? Yeah, maybe. Like a, you know something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the reason why they don't is because it. If they're trying to do stuff in Northern Ireland, it becomes complicated. Mm-hmm. Then being like, well, what happens if they do something like not either like mistakenly or on purpose, but not by the book? Yeah. Type thing. Or if the PS and I have different ways of doing things and all. So, so, so yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's still the case now, but I remember hearing like years and 
years and years ago that when people would, would drive down to Dublin from Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. when the motorway opened, people would speak, now like there, there was loads of speed cameras on it and there's toll roads as well, mm-hmm. but people would speed on it. And the like running joke was that if you drove fast enough to get across the border, you wouldn't get a, a speeding ticket because the, the Garda couldn't issue you one uh, in Northern Ireland. Surely that's just hearsay. I, 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 I don't know if it was... Genuine. Yeah, or if it was, I imagine it's probably being being fixed now. Yeah. So, yeah. um, because I think the same thing happens. On the opposite way. Where yeah. Well, I was thinking that if it's gonna happen one way, it's probably yes, yeah. gonna happen both mm-hmm. ways, isn't it? One hour after the, the fatal incident at ten thirty p.m., a car matching the description of, of that used, in the credit union holdup was found burnt out in. In Hamilton, on a remote forested laneway near the villages of Darkley and Keady in, in South County Armagh in Northern Ireland. Okay, uh, sorry, I always thought Armagh was in southern. No, right? no, no, okay. no, it's on the border. I like it, Armagh. Armagh. The PSNI carried out an extensive technical examination of the car and the surrounding area the following day. This area became a focus of the investigation. The vehicle was linked by detectives to the murder and it was confirmed that it had been stolen from the overhead area of life earlier that week, which is uh, in the Republic. Okay. Garda and the PSNI believed another getaway car was used to collect those involved in the crime after giving a light to the original getaway car and that there was more than five suspects involved in the overall crime. Right, so it was quite. A, it was a a planned. Yeah, yeah. Planned crime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Full forensic examination was carried out at the scene, over three days by the Garda, Technical Bureau, assisted by the Divisional Scenes. Of crime unit, so at this point it's the Garda now that is, uh, that working on it. So they're back on yeah. the investigation. Okay. The hammer, used by the raiders to break the window of the union cars was recovered at the crime scene. Then guarded Commissioner Martin Callanan. 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 Okay. <laughs> attended a, a case conference at Dundalk Garda Station on, on the weekend after Poe's death, where an incident, incident room was established for the duration of the in, in investigation. The commissioner announced the allocation of 150 de- detectives to the case. Wow, it's a lot. National specialist units were assigned to investigation, including the Special Detective Unit, National Bureau of Criminal Investigation and Organised Unit. The Forces Armed Intervention Teams, the Emergency Response Unit uh, and the Regional Support Unit were placed on alert in the aftermath. In the early stages of the investigation, there were over 1,000 Garda officers attached to the investigation, making it one of the largest criminal investigations ever undertaken in the history of the country. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. uh, And like, it goes back to a saying about it being a community. Yes. That like, one of theirs was killed 
and they were going to find out who done it. I'm between a rock and a hard place because I think it's amazing that they could give all those resources and obviously mm-hmm. I feel for the whole police force because even those that didn't know John Ho mm-hmm. in the force worked in the same, you know, in the same yeah. sector so can understand the demands of the job, the risk of the jobs and even, you know, most likely maybe had families also so could really relate to this guy even if they didn't know him. Mm-hmm. So I can empathise. Part of me goes... If this wasn't a police officer, if this yes. was Joe Bloggs, yes, was a I thousand, thought this as well. You know, I, I think it's amazing that they could give that, mm-hmm. but they should give that for every every yeah. crime and murder. Yeah, yeah, I thought it as well as I was uh, like going through it. Mm-hmm. I, I get was, it, like yeah. totally get it. Mm-hmm. I just wish that mm-hmm. was just the norm. Yeah, and like um, when doing this and like going off. On a slight tangent, it was like I thought the same when um, and this will give an indication as to when we've I recorded this, but what's going on in Israel? The scene that's the Scottish First Minister said his in laws are trapped in in Gaza, and I thought to myself, going, well, they're probably going to get out because mm-hmm. they're related to the Scottish yes. my First Minister, but what about everyone else? What do you mean this is going to indicate when we recorded it? It's going out on Wednesday. <laughs> It's not like it's been like... I but they don't know. <laughs> they, I know, but the way... They don't know how I far ahead we are. In my head, I was going, wait, is this one getting released in a few weeks or something? No, like, they, they, they don't know that. <laughs> well, they do now. Oh, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Let's get back to it. Yeah. Garda established that five males were involved in the shooting and robbery itself and belonged to a larger criminal gang operating in the border region. Those responsible were believed to have fled to Northern Ireland after the killing and remained there for some weeks. The leader of the five-man gang and main suspect f- for the murder was identified as a young man from the Glen area of South Armagh. It is understood that he was known to Detective Donoghue, oh. providing a possible motive for his murder. However, Donoghue was originally not scheduled to take part in the credit union cash escort making a late shift change with the officer who was originally scheduled to take part in the escort. Imagine you were that, the officer. Oh, oh, why? Oh, that's... You're, uh, you would no. get shivers, think. I mean, you'd feel terrible, but also like, you'd think... I, I think, like, you would probably... You would probably have a lot of guilt. Of course. To be like, that was supposed to be me. But also, I'm not going to lie, selfishly, a lot of relief. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. Oh, Let's yeah. face it, you, are, you would be thankful that you still yeah. had your life. You'd feel awful mm-hmm. that somebody lost theirs. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the butterfly effect sliding doors scenario, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like one decision, one tiny wee decision in our lives can totally impact and change mm-hmm. the course that we go on. Mm-hmm. I love but that. I want to go back to something that you said at the start. Okay. So it's off... Why did he open the door? Did oh, do against, you know? Did that go against protocol? No, n- 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 no, I don't. But just that he wasn't supposed to be on this. So maybe he wasn't fully, like, aware. Oh, and when yes. it happened, like, instinct just kicked in f- 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 for him. Yes. And plus you said that they just recently updated the procedures. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was previous procedure because yeah. you, were, uh, you weren't armed, sorry, but you were in uniform. Yeah. So... Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as I said, all all five suspects were young males and from either side of the Louth-Armagh border. 
So could you be Southern or Northern from the South, Armagh? Are you all Northern? So, so Louth, Armagh. So Louth is a county in that borders Armagh, but is in the Republic of Ireland. So they were all Southern? No, some were Southern, some were from Northern Ireland. Oh, Jesus, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit lost, but it's fine, I... carry on. There's not like a wall separating them. <laughs> you can cross the border the border freely. <laughs> but Armagh is that in northern? northern Ar- yeah, yeah, yeah. So some were from Armagh. Yeah, and some were from in the southern section of Armagh. Yes, and then some were from Louth. Yeah, in the northern and, section of Louth, we'll say. Which was in southern Bloody, Ireland. Yes. Bloody you know what I write? Okay, sorry. Too many southerns and northerns okay. going on for me. Uh, um. So yes, they were part of a larger criminal gang of around fifteen to twenty people with connections through their family and, and acquaintances to dissident Republican paramilitary and terror organisations, essentially the IRA. Oh, okay. Amongst others. Okay, but, but that was the, the predominant yeah. one. A number of the suspects had previous criminal convictions as well as being implicated in other criminal investigations. Police officers from the Republic and Northern Ireland established the identity of the suspect who fired the fatal shot, understood to be the leader of the five-man gang as a male in his early 20s who, who grew up in the Cross McLean area of County Carmagh with strong links to then Rangers Gaelic Athletic Club. His name was Aaron Brady. Aaron Brady. Aaron Brady. Not a very Irish name. No. While going through this, I kept on thinking of Tom Brady, the American... Oh no, that doesn't football, even... football player. I, I was actually thinking it sounds a bit more Scottish or English mm. name. No, no, sorry. I'm not just saying that you should mm. all have Irish names because you don't, but... <laughs> I, have, <laughs> like, I have a Welsh name. <laughs> have a Welsh name. But, um... Okay, so he's young. Mm-hmm. He's a bit of a bad boy by the sounds of it. But he was also into Gaelic mm-hmm. sports or football. Football, yeah. So that's something him and Donahoe... They, they know one another through it. So Donahue knew him, but I think through his work, rather I've, I've than... As being a bad boy? Yes. Okay. Rather than they had a sort of relationship outside. Yeah. So, none of the five main suspects were immediately arrested, and it's believed that the Garda w- were preparing a watertight case to present to the Director of Public Prosecutions before any moves were, were made to apprehend those responsible. Such is the nature of the crime that any suspect charged with a murder or conspiracy to commit murder of a serving member of the Garda could be tried in a non-jury special court in Dublin, facing a sentence of 40 years imprisonment in a maximum security prison. My goodness, mm-hmm. that's hefty. Yeah, they're pulling out all the stops for this. Which I get, but oh, through yeah. gritty teeth right now. Yes, yeah. You kill a civilian mm-hmm. and you get twelve years minimum, and you're usually if you're if you're good behaviour, maybe a yeah. bit less. Because we've seen that in all the episodes we've spoken yeah. about. Like, mm-hmm. look at um, House of Blood last week's. Mm-hmm. Look how long they got for three murders, uh-huh. and they were gruesome. Yes. And I'm not saying that you know Donahoe's mm-hmm. murder um murderer doesn't deserve that, but every everyone's murderer deserves that. I don't know. So I'm getting a bit salty. Yeah. March 2013, Aaron Brady fled to the US. According to senior 
sources, Brady travelled from Northern Ireland to mainland Britain before boarding a flight to New York City using a British passport. Police in Ireland, Britain and the US were powerless to prevent him from travelling because there was no warrant for his arrest. However, it is known that the suspect therefore failed to show for a court sitting in Ireland for separate offences that took place before the incident in Berlurgan County Louth. Can I just say, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you spoke about it last week in House of Blood, how um, these murderers flee the country. Yeah. But they only like just get popping a jump to like Ireland or Scotland yeah. or wherever. Mm-hmm. But your man here has flown all the way to mm-hmm. the US. Yes. Yeah. So he's proved you wrong. It was like uh, in I says scissor sisters as well when the mum went to England. Aye. So it's but Aaron Brady's he's he, he, he's learnt. He was just like, I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> Off to see his country. Once Brady landed in the US Security services were, were made aware of his pre- presence by the Garda. The NYPD and the FBI were furnished with details of his identity and the U.S. Marshal, Marshal's service was tasked with tracking the whereabouts of Brady. Garda detectives also flew to the U.S. to help authorities trace the suspect's movements. The man was given a holiday visa by US officials upon upon entering the country. So, sorry, when he landed, was, like, FBI, oh, yeah, NYPD, yeah. everyone was there, but he's... No, st- no, I guess it's like, they weren't there, but they were made aware of him. Oh. But as I said, there was no warrant for his, for his arrest, so there was nothing to stop him from travelling. And the warrant for the, the, the failed court case, that wasn't... That was happened. after. Right, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. So, he, they really, they couldn't not let him into the... Yes, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. He, he wasn't he hadn't been arrested, he wasn't charged for for for, for yeah. anything. Um another accomplice is un- understood to have fled to Boston in in April before reuniting with Brady in New York. In, in September, friend, who was also under an investigation after she had provided an alibi for Brady when questioned to his his whereabouts on the night of the murder by the PSNI travelled to these were also monitoring her movements in December 2013 two suspects in the murder investigation were questioned and forced statements in New York to the investigating Garda and American authorities senior Detectives from the Garda National Bureau of Criminal Investigation travelled to the US in late 2013 and in December they, they accompanied by US law enforcement, brought the two suspects in, in for questioning from a property in New York. Both suspects refused to answer questions, however, under US law, they were compelled to provide written witness statements about the incident before being released without charge. So is this um, Aaron Brady and his pal that moved to Aye. Boston? So yes. they've been apprehended, but they're not speaking. But mm-hmm. they have to provide a written statement. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, they're being asked, asked questions and they're just like, no. 
But could they just see in their statement, could they just write no comment? No, 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 no. They they had to provide... Where their whereabouts was? Yes, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, they could lie in it, but obviously then it would, if it was found out in court, it would look bad on them. Yeah, so, of course. So yeah, they were both in the US on green card visas at this time. Okay. Two other male suspects in the murder case travelled to Australia. One in April 2013, who then later fled to the US. This is separate then yeah. from the two that are in New My York. goodness, look at these jet setters. Mm-hmm. And the other one in June 2013 in, in an attempt to avoid prosecution. The pair were suspected of invo- involvement in the shooting and burglary. Oh. Burglary. Burglary. But they were not arrested and no warrant was issued. A team of detectives from from the Garda travelled to Sydney in January 2014 and one of the suspects was forced to provide a witness statement to the authorities. It was reported that when his, his visa expired, he would be deported if he failed to leave the country on his own accord. Police in, in Australia were said to be monitoring his movements so there's a lot of monitoring going on yeah not a lot of arresting which you know for for the guard and mm-hmm. for you know donahoe's family and friends that must be quite frustrating yeah. you know knowing that these four of the out of five of the the potential mm-hmm. um what's the word criminals suspects. not really yes yeah, suspects yeah. have um managed to flee mm-hmm the final suspect... Oh, where's he off to Kazakhstan? A man in his early 20s remained in County Down, oh. Northern Ireland. He was questioned by the PSNI about his involvement in the crime and he has since been prosecuted in connection with a rape. Oh, so a completely different... Completely, completely separate. Wow. So, in October, Aaron Brady's girlfriend was arrested by police in the US on immigration offences after after the Garda sought an extradition request to have her brought back to Ireland to be charged before a court. She was deported to Ireland in in January 2017. So did she stay out there, you know, when she went out? Mm-hmm. Did she just remain? Yeah. So she, was, she, was she probably illegal? Um, I, f- I think at this point she had like broken maybe like broken an, an, an immigration law right. so that meant she had to be deported okay on Thursday the 18th of May 2017 Aaron Brady was detained in New York by US Immigration and Customs ICE mm-hmm. violating immigration rules and was deported back to Ireland the arrest was made as a result of a targeted investigation involving Irish and US law enforcement. Mm-hmm. US police were tracking the move- movements of Brady on behalf of the Garda. The US Embassy in Dublin confirmed that there, there had been close cooperation involving Garda and, and US authorities on the matter for some time. Senior Garda officers described the development as highly significant. Do you know, it's great, you know, that the Garda was working with the PSNI and now they're working with the US authorities 
But for four years, Adam Brady and some of the accomplices have been living in the US and Australia. Actually, sorry, they've worked, they're working with Australian authorities as well. How much money is that costing everybody? I get where you're coming from, but if they don't, then it it just sends out like a, a signal to everyone else to be like, if you leave, you get away with it. 100%, but for four years, they were just monitoring them. Somebody's got to pick up the bill. Yeah. I think it, it, it's obviously a lot more difficult for them to conduct the investigation because they're on they're outside of their jurisdiction totally so they have to get sort of permissions grants you know agreements and all in place for it and all rather than being able to work themselves mm-hmm. in their own area where they know it and they don't have to jump through all these hoops no I, I get it but I do think like I'm cynical a wee bit about it mm-hmm. it was reported that a former associate of Brady had been assisting assisting investigating detectives with their in inquiries. So there's been a mole. Mm-hmm. As I said, Brady was living in New York mm-hmm. and then in May 2017 he was taken into custody uh, and removed from the US and flown to Dublin where he was arrested upon arrival. Of course. So, on Sunday the 4th of March 2018 a special special sitting of Dundalk District Court 27 year old Aaron Brady was charged with capital murder of Detective Garda Adrian Donoghue. trial was also the longest murder case in Irish legal history lasting 122 court days. Wow, so not only was it one of the longest murder cases, hmm. it, yeah. it's also now one of the longest um, court cases. Yes. Wow. So, so yeah, just, just to say it again, it's 122 court days. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't sit in court. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah like they'll, they'll have you know, like breaks, concessions every so often for both to like go off and like prep again yeah for, for like anything that's come up or if, if the judge has like struck something down or allowed something new to be added in but you still like you know you hear court cases lasting two weeks and that's long mm-hmm. this was yes. a lot longer than yes. that this was four months worth yeah <laughs> Over... sorry for the jury yeah oh uh, oh no so on Monday, the 10th of August, 2020, uh-huh. two years after he's been charged, Brady was found guilty of robbing approximately €7,000 in cash and cheques outside the Lordship Credit Union in County Louth in 2013. His conviction of the capital murder of Detective Garda Donahoe followed two days later. He would be sentenced to the mandatory term for capital punishment of 40 years in imprisonment should he he receive the maximum remission possible for good behavior while in prison he will be released no earlier than august 2050 so he has to serve at least 30 years that is like the highest minimum i think we've had so far in the podcast Mm -hmm. wow so yeah um and this case is actually still ongoing oh really has he appealed it there's been appeals uh like there's still articles coming out like as early as last month oh wow about this 
So this may be one that like I go back to. You might revisit this. Yes. Yeah. Um. And do we know about the see the other four accomplices? Mm-hmm. Do we know like did they get um? So I know about two. Okay. So was, um, just let me get them up again. Mm-hmm. Two was Jimmy Flynn and Brandon. Right. So, in July of twenty twenty one, trainer uh, was brought brought before the Dundalk District Court and charged with the robbery of seven thousand euros in cash and checks. Right. Excuse me. So the same as. Sorry, was this trainer? Yes. And trainer did was he one one that was in America or Australia? Do you know? Um, I don't actually know. Like, I, I, you I'm, don't know who went where. Yeah, I'm reading this off the cuff now. Okay. <laughs> so um, um, and on the same date, Jimmy Flynn was uh, arrested by members of the National Crime Agency in England, okay. who were acting upon a request for his extradition from from Garda in Dublin. On the 29th of July, 2022, uh-huh. Flynn was extradited from the UK and was thereafter charged with the same offences as as trainer and also remained in custody. Wow. I do think this is something you might need to revisit because if mm-hmm. there's still two, I'm not saying that they haven't been caught yet, but mm-hmm. if there's not much information on them yet, maybe they're still in the process of getting their trials and things. Um. So yeah, it'd be interesting to... So so I can tell you like, what's happened to, to Flynn and trainer. Yeah. So on the eleventh of September, twenty twenty three. So what? A less than ago. a month ago. A month ago. Okay. James Flynn was found guilty of breaking into a house in. Clock. Clockerhead, uh-huh. and stealing the keys of a car, which was later used in the in the robbery of, of Lordship Credit Union, mm-hmm. and the capital murder of Adrian Donahue. Okay. Now, I want to go back again to something you said about the car that they had used, that it was a, it was a mum's car. It was. Well, it was stolen. Yeah, I know <laughs> it was stolen, but I'm just saying it wasn't a suspicious car, was it? <laughs> so, uh, the court was satisfied beyond all reasonable doubts that it was Flynn's BMW 5 Series that had been seen on CCTV footage near the scene of the burglary and then driving in convoy with a stolen Passat that was subsequently used as the robbery getaway. So essentially it was the pickup pickup car? Aye. Yeah. So Flynn was found not guilty of the additional charge of robbery of 7,000 euros. Mm-hmm. Although the court believed he, he was part of the gang and was involved both before and after the the robbery mm-hmm. there was no ev- evidence whatsoever placing him at the scene of the credit union it- itself brendan trainer was found not guilty of both charges as there was no evidence presented to the court that he was present at uh, in clocker clock you hate that word clockerhead on the night the getaway car was stolen and the prosecution had not rebutted the reasonable possibility that he was at home at the time of the robbery. It was stated, however, that there was clear clear evidence that establishes Trainer was a member of the gang. So he didn't get said, yeah, but we need to revisit this, even if it's um, just to update us on what Jimmy 
Flynn. Flynn gets sentenced, mm-hmm. and obviously we now know about um, Brendan Trainer. Well, mm-hmm. I know. If... We find the other two boys. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a wee murder mystery. I know, but yeah, like, yeah, like while I went into this one under the pretense of, of it being a uh, mistaken identity, I think the fact that like it was essentially the biggest murder m- murder case in Ireland's history. Mm-hmm. It was and the court case lasted one hundred twenty two days, and I think there was something like four hundred fifty thousand man hours were put into it. Wow, it was not. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was mistaken identity. I think it was wrong time, wrong place. Yeah, sad, isn't it? I don't know, but it does spark up a debate about you know resources oh, and yeah, their availability yes. depending yeah, on the yeah, person. Yeah, like it's it's a case of like if if the need is there, the resources are there. Yeah. Yeah, but we won't get into that. No, that's no, not no. what our podcast is about. <laughs> not at all. But no, I enjoyed that one. It was mm-hmm. quite different from what we've done before. Yeah, yeah like it, it, it's spread out a bit. Yeah, a, a, a lot of different people involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully our listeners kept up. Oh yes, <laughs> lots of names to remember. Yes. <laughs> Lord Hope, credit unions and Lordship. Yeah, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord Hope. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. So if any of our listeners have any other recommendations of who they would like to hear us chat about, they can find us on Instagram at... There's been a a murder underscore podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.